Welcome to New Mommy at 40, a honest, informative, and non-judgmental podcast for those navigating to and through parenthood in their 40s. Today's episode is for all the parents and parents-to-be out there who have wondered what exactly is the Montessori way? Well, our subject matter expert, Clarissa Robbins, gives us an in-depth look into this well-established method of education. Make sure you stay to the end to hear Clarissa's age-specific tips, plus some at-home offerings that you can benefit from wherever you are. But before we get into it, please subscribe, follow wherever you're listening to this so you don't miss a single episode. All right, let's get into it. It didn't happen in my 20s. Now I've got all this fancy wisdom to share. Hey, I've got this baby, you're getting the best of me. Cause I'm a new mommy at 40. <laughs> Clarissa Robin is a friend of mine from high school. It's such a pleasure to have her on today. She's a mom and a Montessori certified guide for children aged birth to six years. And she's been in the early education field for over 20 years. She's a parent partner. She helps families create stronger bonds with their child or children through online consulting structured as a community that meets weekly and learns perspective parenting by gaining knowledge of natural child development, the science of human growth, and the effectiveness of implementing Montessori key principles within the home, but most importantly within the adults who set the stage for their child's path forward to optimal success. Let's welcome her in. So I'm so happy to have Clarissa on today because she is amazing. You get to see her passion uh, when you hear her talk about what she does. But I've known her for over years uh, when we met a long time ago (laughs) in performing arts high school. And I just think it's awesome how we are now in this space of pursuing our passions that have to do with parenthood and children. And I love that you are investing in our next generation. So welcome, Clarissa. Thank you so much, Victoria. It's so wonderful to be here. Uh, I'm honored that, you know, I got to reconnect with you and um, that I'm here uh, on your show, on your amazing show. Um, I just think that what you're doing is incredible, uh, sharing your story with others and so they can share their stories with with you. So thank you so much. And it's so lovely to continue this friendship. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. Well, one of the reasons why I reached out to you is I remember thinking, oh, wow, she's got this whole school. She's the founder of Star Path Montessori uh, mm-hmm. in, in Massachusetts. And I was like, wow, this is so great. So now I get to ask my questions about what this thing is, because I think everyone throws around Montessori, Montessori, and we know it. there's this feeling of is it, it's better. It's more, you know, there's a, is it elite? Is it just yes. a prime education? Just all these kind of, I don't know, je ne sais quoi. Yeah. <laughs> and now I get to ask all these questions. I've done my research since, but I feel like there are a lot of people who don't know what Montessori is. Do you run into people? Who are like, you're surprised at how much you have to explain of what you do? Yeah, yeah. and it's really funny because I, you know, I just got off of taking a, a master's and accelerated master's this summer. 
And even to my own family, they're like, oh, well, that's that fancy school. And I'm like, no, (laughs) (laughs) that's not what Montessori is about. Or unfortunately, that's what most people think. Um, And that's the information that's out there. But I'm really um, trying to steer people around that stereotype and really go back to basics with Montessori providing spaces for respecting the child and all that um, the child is, is capable of. That's basically what it is. Yeah. Because I, you know, I, I came to understand Montessori in my own, obviously, I don't know why we just don't do, well, I didn't have a kid. Right. So I didn't do any research as to what that was yet because I just figured when I get there, I'll get there. But I remember thinking, it just seems like a less is more. Yeah. Like, <laughs> but not less. Like, you know what I mean? Like in terms of, you know, I would look, I would go to a, a someone's home who, you know, they were like, we're doing this month. It seemed like this new age Montessori thing. And Benjamin like sleeps on this and he can walk out on his own. And very independent. We just crave independence. I was like, that sounds great. It's, you know, but I, it just seemed like, it was, it felt brand <laughs> brand new and like strange to me a little bit, but I was like, Hey, if it leads to an, an independent child mm-hmm. who feels that they are empowered to do things on their own and, and that helps their development, like, sure. Why, why not? But <laughs> so tell us what in your own words, like, what is this? What is Montessori? Yes. So Montessori, Montessori Montessori for me, most recently I've been um, talking to people about what my understanding of Montessori is. And Montessori to me is really looking at the child as unfortunately the minority because they don't have their needs met. They don't have people really focusing on what is it that is going to make this child successful? What are they listening to? What are they wearing? Um, <laughs> what are they using? What are they eating? All of those things that encompass really a child coming into his own, they're not, they're not being given those tools. Um, and Montessori for me, Montessori a hundred years ago, she was a scientist and she said, oh my gosh, these children are bored out of their mind. They're, they're behaving so badly because they have no purpose. So she turned it around, and as the um, as mm. as the, the scientist, she said, "Well, let me give them something to do." And she worked with um, with um, mental needs individuals and mental needs children mm. in a psychiatric hospital. And once, and they were just left to their own devices. And and you know, the people there were wondering. The nurses, the doctors were like, "Well, they they they're it's hopeless. We can't help them. It's hopeless." But what happened was. When they switched it and they actually provided spaces for them to be successful, to wash their own hands, to blow their own nose, to dress themselves, to use the toilet, they became confident and therefore they became happy and they became busy workers Mm. because they were actually given environments to thrive in. Um, So that is what my focus is on um, with Montessori nowadays, (laughs) because there are so many schools and there are so many um, ideas about, well, it's, it's just like that very expensive school down the street, or that's just, you know, for, for this type of um, of client, (laughs) this type of family, whatever it is. But at the end of the day, Montessori is a way to really take yourself out of the situation enough to really highlight what the child needs. They're only small children for six tiny years. 
after that, they've already built themselves up. So for the first six years, we really need to fine tune our understanding of child development, um, science, of just really providing for these children to be able to have the, the beautiful, lit up, successful path that they're already born to be on. And we as the path makers, the adults, we need to set the paths as best as possible for their success. Get it. Okay. <laughs> so that mean that makes ton of sense. I think anybody who loves their child and wants to see them thrive, it definitely sounds like a great model. So I guess the question is, what are what are the stigmas then? Then you know, what would be what what have you had to combat? as a Montessori professional when it comes to that method then? Yeah. So one of the things that I kept coming against as, as a Montessori professional, someone who's trained um, six to three to six and now zero to three is really families thinking that Montessori is unattainable. Families thinking that there are only certain parts of the population that can benefit from this method. If I don't have the right shelves, it won't happen. It won't work. If I don't have the right materials, if I don't subscribe to that specific Montessori toy subscription, I'm not going to be able to do it. So why even bother? So, so that stigma putting, you know, things coming out more and more every day, like this subscription, and this is uh, Montessori baby food, or this is Montessori sneakers or what have you. It's, you know, there's like so many things that are like making money off yeah. of this Montessori label. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it's like all you need is like a shoe rack, a few trays from the dollar store, a couple of developmentally appropriate materials, command hooks <laughs> to hang their bag, to hang their jacket, and you're golden. And time. You need time. You need time to devote to really seeing your child through these developmental milestones that they're going to hit before age six. And if you really focus on that, the work is done for you. Well, that just made it may, way more attainable because it's, you're right. Because I, when I was looking into it, I was, it was those subscriptions and those boxes. We don't even have to say their names. There's so many of them. And it was just like, oh man, like this is expensive. It's kind of like the new organic, you know what I mean? Like we know it's good for you. <laughs> we know right. it's better. But then you have to kind of look that in, you know, look at that, how that, that fits into your budget. And it feels very out of reach for a lot of people who already may have some financial concerns for their, their families. So the fact that, um, in just the way that you described it makes it seem like if you do the proper research, you can kind of tailor your home to a degree that would meet the needs of Montessori philosophies uh, without breaking the bank. But I I have to tell you, it's true. As you were saying it, I was just thinking, oh, I mean, that's Montessori. You know, like it's, I I just feel like it's been branded. uh, You know, people are kind of like smacking that on. It has. Onto things just for parents to feel like this is Mm -hmm. better but may, I wondered whether or not they were true, right. you know, Montessori things that were really, really necessary. Yeah. So I think that that makes it uh, very attainable. I think 
Yeah. When I came across the the teachings or so, it was more so when I was really trying to sleep train my child. And I realized not that I was too late, yeah. but I could have started this earlier was, you know, I went to a friend's home that had oh, maybe yeah. they were their kid was maybe I want to say 14 months old, 14, 15 months old. And I went into the bedroom and I thought, where where are all the stuff? Where's the toys? Where's there's nothing on the wall? Very little. It was like a picture of the parents. It was, it, it was but then I realized, mm-hmm. why do I have so much stuff in my child's bedroom? It just seemed like really overstimulating. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, just looking at the feng shui of this yeah. 14, 15 month old room. And then I noticed that the bed was pretty much to the ground. It was basically just a mattress, it felt like. And it, it felt in a way I thought, man, you know, maybe we're spending too much money. Here we are complaining that Montessori is so expensive. Right. But then I look at this kid's room and he basically has everything (laughs) he needs. Like, that's it. Like, and then that whole, um, that fear of, Oh, he might fall. Not really. He's like to the ground. If he falls, he'll, I'm assuming we'll learn how to really respond. You know, it's, he's not falling, you know, two, three feet down. He's just right there. So I thought, wow, this is, it felt much more uh, accessible in that way. So, so you you were talking about age groups and you mentioned something I've never heard before. And maybe I just wasn't reading the right thing. It seems like the Montessori way is implemented Mm -hmm in those first, what, five to six years of life? And then after that, does it continue? Do do children, are there schools that continue past age six? Yeah, so absolutely. I'm so glad that you're, you're asking this because it is very common for, for some people out there who either don't have their children in Montessori or haven't um, like done their research like you have, Victoria. So the creator of Montessori method is Dr. Maria Montessori. (laughs) Okay. And uh, she was an Italian woman, um, the first woman doctor um, in Italy, just put it out there. Um, Total genius. Uh, And through her work, she she started as a scientist, um, as a doctor herself. And she just saw that children, like the way that they learned was different at different ages. So from zero to three, she she came up with this term, um, the absorbent mind. So all three-year-olds and under are taking all of their information from their environment, from their life, from their world, as just is. They have no filter. They can't distinguish what is good and what is bad. Everything that goes in is just real life. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Uh, and it's not until about age three. So in, in the U.S., we have this cutoff, which is like 2.9. Um, and basically what Montessori saw is through her observations um, in, in you know natural child development, she saw that once they turned about 2.9, three years old, they hit that threshold mm-hmm. of things not just being taken in as is. They're actually starting to contemplate and they're starting to process and they're starting to apply their own knowledge out. So they come to this kind of, you know, train track situation where everything is coming in, blah, 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 blah. And then once they turned three, 
they're able to filter like you know they're like oh well that is the color blue and I really enjoy the color blue and it makes me feel like this and so and so likes the color blue so they're starting to make associations okay. with the information that they've taken in from three and below you see this a lot in in children um especially with children that it kind of seems like they're having a delay, whether it be physical or language delay or social delay is because before three years old, if they're not given enough exposure to language, to um, physical mobility, to um, fine motor activities, to gross motor activities, all of that, um, that is the prime age when all of this, the, the human is actually constructing themselves. So if you have a child who's not able and she saw this through her research and and so many things that were happening in Italy and Europe at the time but she saw if a child is actually not given exposure to language after a certain point they won't talk normally Mm. because they haven't had the process the the practice in moving the mouth a certain way of you know um enhancing their their auditory skills um in order to produce sounds back um so if you look at the science i mean montessori herself was amazing in what she saw it was completely ahead of her time but if you look at the science now of things that are coming out Mm -hmm. you're like Oh my gosh. (laughs) Like she really did her homework. Like she really knew what she was talking about. And you see it all the time now in, in um, natural child development. And um, they're saying, well, don't, don't put them in, I call it baby jail. Um, So, you know, the, the gates that separate Uh, the child from everything. It's like, first of all, you're taking them away from that social connection to the adults or anything else, whether it be the dog or the furniture. Like you said, you know, when children, like they're on that, that floor mat and Mm -hmm. well, they're going to (laughs) learn to not just throw themselves off of it because it's cause and consequence. Um, So, you know, exactly with, with the baby jail and I'm all about safety for children, but you also have to give them that experience of climbing up on the furniture of starting to run and then falling of you know of being around the table or even on the floor when mom's cooking or when dad's cooking or when the dog is licking up the food from the floor like this is a part of that child's life and they're not going to be able to hold on to this experiences in order to build help them build themselves if they're taken completely out of the situation And I think what, you know, what I was wondering too is, um, and just so our audience knows we had so many technical issues. So we're going to be blending these two things together. So if I'm repeating a question, it's not because I'm not listening to Clarissa. It's just, we're trying to get the information to you. Um, was so after from zero to six, what happens? Mm -hmm. Are there actual Montessori schools that continue past age six, or basically what you're saying is the Montessori way is to pack them with all of these experiences that are all around them naturally in those years of life. And that those will all continue in the, and develop more as they get older. Is that the sense of it? That's absolutely right, Victoria. Absolutely. So the thing with yeah, you did it. <laughs> the thing with Montessori is in her life, she really focused on three to six. Okay. And then she also focused on zero to three. Um, and she worked with some of the Montessorians to develop that that curriculum for, for the babies. Um, but her main work was three to six. And she saw in those those three very full dynamic years that the child is actually constructing his personality. So everything that happens, it's still going in 
you know, the child is still absorbing all the things that are going on in the, in their environment, um, but they're doing it more in a conscious way. And then once they're over six years old, they've got, they've gained the language, they've done the social, um, you know, social piece where they're connecting to each other and they're interacting with each other and they're conversing with each other. They're making friends. They're starting to really depict feelings in other children's mm -hmm. faces and their parents. So all of this work has already been done. So by the time they're six and they're ready to really spread their wings and go out into public school, have you, or continue in Montessori, there's Montessori that goes all the way up to 12th grade. Um, they're few and far between throughout, <laughs> you know, the country, but, but they do exist. But more when it comes to six years old and moving on to that first grade level, the child is turning themselves in from a very egocentric person into someone that who wants to belong to community. So that's when they start making the partnerships and the and the connections and the friendships. Um, and you see it developmentally as well. So after, you know, after the child goes through first grade and they enter um, into a public school or stay in Montessori, they're really going out to make those friendships and those connections because they are so confident in who they are because mm -hmm. they've already had six full years of doing that hard work. So a lot of the work that happens in Montessori, um, it builds on all the things that happened before, which called the, the primary years or the children's house years, um, all the sensorial work, all the language work, all the math work. It just continues to build in more abstract ways. So if they've continued in Montessori, they're able to expand their knowledge and all these other amazing ways through science, through geography, through political science, through all of that, where they're at the time in their development that they can actually grasp these concepts because they've done a lot of the self-work. Wow. So all the self is done yeah. <laughs> and they're able to themselves as humans. And really that's when, when a lot of that social history comes in because their, their, their brain is actually developed enough that they can understand. Um, so a lot of the social geography, political things are not talked about um, really in the three to, three to six year old um, classrooms, but Montessori continues to go on, <laughs> continues to go on. But the heart of Maria Montessori's work is really based in that three to six year old um, bracket. Because there's just so much that happens in, in a child's development. And it's really, it's really what I love so much as a Montessorian and also as a parent. You know, my son is 10 now and all those hard years <laughs> of having him, you know, come up Montessori. And I am just now, I mean, of course I see it every day, but I am just now little things are happening where I'm just like, ah, that's Montessori. Oh, it's a <laughs> I was, that's why I was going to ask you, I was going to ask you like, you know, cause it's, it's an investment, I think on a household for sure. I mean, we're not just talking about financially, just patience because to let this yeah. little person explore and do things and not go, Oh my God, don't fall. Oh, you know, right. and all, all those things. It's that's, it's hard. It's hard. Even though, even if you, you totally believe in the concept, it's hard to do. Yeah. So how do you, as a parent, deal with that, that aspect of, you know, is there training? Is there support for a parent mm -hmm. that is raising yeah. a child in a Montessori way? Yeah. Yeah. I, I love that so much. It was very <laughs> interesting, you know, being a Montessorian, having started in Montessori before I had my son, even then, 
I felt like I missed the mark on a bunch of things. <laughs> right? Yeah. And, like I had my son and I had done the three to six training, but then he was six years old and I took the zero to three training and I was like, oh my gosh, because that's where all the neuroscience comes in. That's when all the motor physical development comes in, even like the teeth growing and like <laughs> how much you sleep and all these other things. It was like, oh my gosh. So even have been having been in Montessori for so long, I felt through that training like, oh my gosh, I wish I would have known this before. So fast forward two years and here comes COVID and all these, I'm home by myself with my son. Uh, and then all these families are reaching out to me that their children are in my class. And they're like, we love Montessori so much. We believe it so wholeheartedly, but it is not working right now. It is not working. What do I do? I am stuck with this kid all day long. Where's the Montessori for me? Like I need, (laughs) I can imagine. And that's literally what happened. That's literally what happened. People were just losing their minds because they're like, I'm stuck in here. It is week three what on earth am I going to do? Like, come on, (laughs) somebody give me an answer. And so they would contact me and it got to a point where I felt like I was saying the same thing over and over and over again to these families who just needed support. They just needed to know they're doing the right thing. It's going to be okay. (laughs) Um, So then I took, you know, I took that and I just turned it into my company that's, you know, now two years old and that's basically what it was. It was Montessori for the family <laughs> because you can do so much with your home. And of course they needed help with that too. It's like, where do I put the shelf and you know, how many hooks do they need? And what do I serve them for snack um, in a Montessori independent way? Um, they just wanted community. They wanted to know that they believed in something, but they still, it was okay for them to still need help. So it's, it's my, my program. And it's a year long uh, and we meet twice a week online. Um, and I would have presentations to them about preparing like Montessori, mm-hmm. preparing the environment, preparing the self principles, like the six sensitive periods and all of these things that, you know, you can read a book and find out um, about Montessori that way. But also <laughs> we just talked and we just grew And they came to know that it is their, like their most important work is to have patience. Like you said, it is to have patience, to know that their, your child is so incredible. Like the, the whole human development is so incredible, but sometimes it kind of gets, it gets to you. (laughs) (laughs) You can't put your your shoes on today. You put them on yesterday. But today it's no, 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 mommy, do it. Daddy, do it. Mommy, do it. Um, So, you know, taking that and finding the humor in it and it's like, yep, this is really pushing my buttons, but then also learning the science behind it and then hearing other people going through the same thing. And it's like, wow, okay. There's actually like a scientific developmental process that my child is going through and they're not just screaming and saying no, because they want to make me as upset as possible for breakfast. Right. But I think what you just said was, is really great to hear. If there is a parent out there that is raising their child in a Montessori way, there Mm -hmm. will still be times that they will need you, their children, where they'll, they won't have that 
fully independent day. And that's okay. Cause I think, you know, the flip side, some of the stigma I've feel like I've, I've heard from some people is this kind of like, I want my kid to still be a kid and they're going to be like robots and they're just going to be like, I put, I do this on my own. And, you know, and it's nice to hear that they're still a kid and they still will need mommy to tie the shoe and everything. It's the fact that it sounds to me, the benefit is that they know and have the confidence to know that they can do it by themselves and that you're letting them try things on their own and and um learn from whatever the outcome is and obviously there are boundaries of safety you're not gonna let your kid touch a fire i think that's another thing i've heard it's like touch the fire touch the fire and you know not to do that again independence it's like no like no no (laughs) a mom is or a parent is right (laughs) yeah that is not the montessori way it's you know understanding that you still want them to be safe you're just you're encouraging them to be their own little person and and you're building um these these nuggets uh you know in there that they'll I mean, what's, what's, what I'm hearing too, is that they're already innately built with, you're just kind of providing a space for them to be in touch with that, which is beautiful. It's, and it's, it's unfortunate because, you know, also to the stigma is they get squashed, like their little light, they get squashed and they get extinguished. And it's unfortunate. Most unfortunate is because people don't know (laughs) of their full capacity. Yeah. And so they don't take the time to set them up for that success. Um, And that's, that's the, that's the hardest part for me um, in in working with children and working with, with adults is, you know, you really got to take yourself out of the situation. It's not about you. (laughs) Yeah. You know, and that's really hard. Yeah. It's not about you, right? And it's like you're working so hard, you're doing your job, you're taking care of home, you're taking care of the pets, you're taking you're taking care of all the things. But at the end of the day, it's not about you. You got to take care of you, but you have to see this child who's trying, they're just trying to grow. And I like saying this so much. They're just trying to grow. Like that's their job. Right. Yeah. Like that's their job. And we get pushing them down and we keep extinguishing their little lights. And then we get upset when they're upset. It's like, no, dude, (laughs) be a choice of what pants to wear in the morning. I would be very upset. I will throw a Clarissa tantrum, you know, (laughs) right. Don't give me the choice. Right. And it's like this three-year-old, like let them wear the flip-flops today. It's pouring rain. That's one of their choices. Let them wear it tomorrow. Maybe they won't wear them. <laughs> right. Right. You know, but let them let them figure that out. You know, set up opportunities with like boundaries and and freedom within limits, healthy, healthy freedoms um, within reasonable limits. Um, you know, let your child eat strawberries for dinner. you know, <laughs> yeah. all of dinner. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're eating. Yeah. They're eating, right? Right. Um so, so yeah, I think my main job I feel with my company and, and, you know, I, I still teach full time. I work full time in a classroom um, and I'm full time mom. So I feel like all these things coming together with my company and then just my regular teaching life is really to flip the script when it comes to young children. Um, it's really to take them out of that minority pocket 
and like have people put those glasses on, like, look at your child. What do they need? What are they telling you? Mm-hmm. What are they showing you <laughs> by throwing their body on the floor? You know, is this developmentally appropriate? Do you have a two and a half year old? Then probably yes. Yeah. Is your child throwing themselves on the floor when they're six and a half? That's not appropriate. Yeah. <laughs> so what's happening? You know, um, that's what I always so say. Like- yeah, I say that too. I, you know, because doing a tantrum, it's really hard. It it depends also where yeah. the tantrum is happening. Public places, supermarket aisles. It's hard. And then, you know, in that frustration, I I find myself on often saying she's actually doing everything she's supposed to be doing right now, right now. And I think what you what you highlighted is age appropriate. Is it age appropriate? Mm -hmm. Yes, it is. And so it's up to you, parent, to kind of figure out how to navigate through that because it's actually age appropriate. I want to ask you um, if you could just walk us through what is a simple way that someone like just one scenario that you feel uh developmentally in the zero to three that someone can do to set up their infant at that age right at that stage for success montessori wise just like um how about if it if it's i don't know if a subject would be better like it was is is it food or sleep or something like Mm -hmm. that in that age range if you could Yeah, absolutely. So I want to go back to what you were saying before when you visited your friend's house and it was like everything was muted in the bedroom and exactly what you want. Right. So when when you have a child at home and you're setting them up for the four basics of life, right, socialization, language, sleeping, using the bathroom and eating. I I did more than four, but basically you want to establish consistency right off the bat. So you want, and I know it can be hard, um, especially just having a designated space for baby at home. Cause you know, we have some, some small houses, some big houses, um, things like that. Grandparents, you know, all the things. Um, but if there can be a muted space, for that child to really have like not much on the walls, maybe a couple of pictures of the family, of the family pet. Um, and, and that's it, right? When that child goes in that room, mm-hmm. <laughs> there's nothing distracting that child from peace. And that's what you want. If you fill the environment with all these other things, of course, they're going to not have you know, a good time, they're not going to fall asleep very quickly because they're going to want to be active. So there's a place for activity and there's a place for sleep. So really distinguishing the two um, is is a great start at home. Uh, One of my favorite things with toddlers is toileting. (laughs) Okay. I love the toileting process because if, if parents get everything set up everything set up by the time they're about 15 months old have them visit the toilet sit on the potty give them clothes that they're able to really manage themselves like you know sweatpants with the elastic bands that are a little too big right. so they can pull them off and them on and actually spend that time and i've seen it happen in two weeks really spend that time with that child 
you know, putting their little thumbs on the side and say, oh, come on, we're going to do it together and lift it up, um, making sure that the feet, you know, they're wide so they don't get stuck on their ankles when they're trying to take it off. Because again, you want to set them up for success. Mm -hmm. If they're having a hard time taking down their pants, you lost it because, you know, toddlers and they, they can't hold it. <laughs> they're learning. Yeah. Um, so you want to make it as easy as possible to take those pants off right away, make sure the potty is accessible and they don't have to climb like four steps to get into the toilet or open the door. If Adults it's like, you know can't what I mean? do that. Adults and, can't do that. Right. And it's, like, <laughs> and it's like some of these things sound, <laughs> sound silly, but it's, but it's so true when you're really thinking about this tiny human who's really trying to um, do all the things. So it's like, it's okay. Clarissa, she's a mom. This is a mom <laughs> podcast. So her son needed her and we are good. That's okay. Hi. Welcome to new mommy at 40. Hi. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, your mom is being brilliant and she's just telling us she's like right on time. Cause I have a toddler who is two and my toileting yeah. training was a little too late. And yeah. she's doing as best as she can right now. But I remember seeing that she was really interested way before I actually mm -hmm. continued. Cause I would bring her and, you know, she was very intrigued and she tried, but I feel like I was telling a, a friend of mine, another mom of the same age, I said, you know what? It's not even about whether the kid is ready. I think sometimes it's if the parent is truly ready to commit to the accidents, to the, yeah. to the, you know, the, the routine, like just so you, what you said, the pants uh -huh. being loose and everything. I, I know that fundamentally, I know that. And I realize it obviously when she has a pant that is not so easy to pull down. Even as you were talking, I was thinking, why are we still putting her in head to toe pajamas? Like the zipper, <laughs> like because you what, what just happened last night? I'll tell my uh, everybody who's listening, our friends who are listening. Last night I was up for about four to five hours because mm. she's deep into potty training right now or toileting, as you 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 mentioned, and she just kept waking up and like, "Mommy, I have to pee," and each time. I'm taking that, this pajama and the zipper and I'm like, put it down. And she's like, I'm cold. I'm like, why did I do this to this kid? Like she should be in a two piece pajama now. Like she is going to the bathroom. It's time to hang that yeah. up. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I don't know yeah. why I took this conversation. It's thank you. Right on time for me to go. I'm putting that away. Like we don't need to be buying three T footed pajamas because hopefully by three and mm -hmm. she could have done this before that she can is fully independent of going to the restroom. Thank you. See, this is why we have, this is why we have people like Clarissa here to talk about this. So, okay. So thank you for enlightening my life. Okay. So now from three to six, give us, give us a, a, something that you feel is really helpful in that age range that someone can take away today. That uh, they can yeah, get. absolutely. Um, so three to six, the biggest part of this age is really independence and they get that independence by having responsibility. So if your child, if you're picking up your child from school and they have a bag and they have like their lunch and the first thing you do is scoop it up with your hands <laughs> mm -hmm. and pick them up with the hand, are you trying to have them be independent? No. No, I'm just <laughs> cuddling them after school, Clarissa. I just wanted the after right. school cuddle. Right. 
Okay, no. I love it. I love it so much. But the thing is, especially in that in that um in that age range, they're going through a stage of self-affirmation. So they're really trying to figure out developmentally, like, am I still a baby and I need all this help? Or am I a big kid and I can do it all by myself? And that's where a lot of the tantruming comes from because they're they're not being given the same cues <laughs> that they can grow up. You know, that they, they're not given the consistency between mom or dad or grandma or nanny or auntie or whoever comes into their environment, they're being given mixed signals. Um, and this is one thing that I talk to uh, a lot of my families about is like, well, how do I get my partner on board? How do I get my mother-in-law on board? How do I get the nanny to stop screeching at my child with the baby? <laughs> it's hard, <laughs> but if you really, if, if it's really important to you, it's that much easier to really get your point across to these these path partners that are in your life. I love right? that word, path. Yeah, it's the village. The path whole village path. has to be on the same page. They have to be on the same road. Yeah, <laughs> right. On the path. You can't have this one. Yeah, on the path. You can't have this one over here and that one over there and this one over there. It's like everyone needs to walk down the same path for this child. And are they going to veer off every once in a while? Yeah, but that's when you blow the bullhorn. You're like, nope, we don't do it that way. Come on. And it's just for the benefit of the child. It really, really is. So from three to six, it really is um, the independence and the responsibility uh, and giving them jobs at home. You know, like if your child goes to Montessori school or even if they don't, they are able to be responsible for their own things. Give them the hamper where they know they have to put all their things. Give them, again, the command hooks. It's like the best invention of the last 10 years. Okay, what is that? Put what is the that? The command hook. What is um, The scotch command. Ah, yes. Oh, command. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. The command. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, just, and like three of them? Yeah, just put, put them on the wall um, for their jacket, for their lunchbox hang up their umbrella, whatever it is, basically giving them a space where they know this is mine. I am supposed to take care of this because this is the space. This is my place for my shoes. This is the place. And even those tiny little things, I tell you, like you saw my son, he's 10 now, those tiny little things that I implemented when he was that old are just coming full circle right now. Wow. Like they really are. Um, and, and I try to get this across to, to a lot of the people that I, that I work with is it's hard work. It's hard work for those first six years. But if you really do that work, mm -hmm. you're just going to welcome in all the benefits from then on, because you're helping your child to really construct themselves as a confident, happy, capable, valued member of their community, Right. When we, when we give children responsibility, we tell them you're valuable and I value you. And that's why I know that you can do this. Mm. And how exciting yeah. is that? Like even at your job, you know, you do oh, your yeah. best work when you feel like somebody else appreciates what you're doing. And that's the same thing for children. Absolutely. Wow. It's, you know, when you say it that way, it sounds so, um, you know, <laughs> illogical and of course, but sometimes you need to hear it. You need to hear that. Yeah. I think our jobs as parents is truly to make these well-rounded contributing mm -hmm. members of society. And so mm -hmm. why not start as early as you can? 
I wanted to highlight some of the uh, services that you offer, which I think are great. Um, so Clarissa, you can find her at starpathmontessori.com. And one of the things I love that she offers is the star, um, I would say, package or offering a service. Can you tell us what that's what that is? Yeah, thank you. Um, so yeah, it's starpathmontessori.com. And um, again, Starpath Montessori is my company and it's an all rounded service bringing Montessori to you. Um, so I really feel that people um, could benefit from having as much Montessori in their life as possible. And I was lucky to have my child in Montessori, but was I not in the situation right when I had my son? I wouldn't have had the um the gift of having him in Montessori. So I know that's true for many people. And I want to take my training and my certifications and bring it out to my community as best as possible. So um, I have the STAR, which is an in-home um, design service where I come into your home or I do a virtual visit and um, you know take a look around and, and give you my um, my insights into how you can set it up to um, best provide those those opportunities for your child to become independent and confident um, from zero to six. Uh, and then I also offer, um, so the PATH is going to be starting soon. Uh, it starts in January and that is my um, consultation group where we meet virtually twice a week. I have presentations that I that I um, that I present to you on the on the group and then we meet a couple days later and we talk about you know we process and we talk about the lesson and and what it means for for you as a family um and and for your child and and for your community um because it you know we meet together and we really really do grow throughout the year uh i also have brighton which is just one-on-one -on -one consultations if there's something going on and you're like i've exhausted everything i read all the books i don't have the answer <laughs> you can set it up with me um, and we can just have an hour long chat, whatever it is. You know, I just did one with you, Victoria. You did. You, <laughs> did. you did. And I will uh, have to <laughs> consult with some, you know, you with some more. Cause I, it's, I think it's always what we gain from conversation mm -hmm. is this freedom to ask our questions, give and take, and it's how we learn because if to if you're a parent and you don't because there are some of us even in uh, my small group here where I live there are people who haven't even seen another parent in a long time especially after this pandemic there are still some people who are a little unsure about mix and mingling you know with other people and then you're basically just kind of discovering parenthood all on your own or whatever you know maybe. Uh, you grew up with as an example of, you know, what to do, but there's so a wealth of information out there. And that's why it's great to connect with people like you, because not only do people who are in Massachusetts, you know, do they have access to you, you being able to do some of this online actually opens up the, the conversation and the education about Montessori way past just where you are. So it's, it's fantastic to, to hear that this exists. Yeah. I just, I just feel like that is my, my path in life. You know, I call it star path because every child is born with that light and that, that path that they're, they're destined to be on. And us as, as the adults, as the teachers, as the parents, as the community members, 
Our job is to make their path as bright as possible by giving them what they need to succeed. Um, and I just want to bring Montessori to as many people as as I can, because it I feel it is such a beautiful gift to everyone, all families, whether you do Montessori at home or not. It's really not about too much about the setup. It's really about the knowing, right? It's really yeah. about the knowing and it's really about preparing yourself to do this work and also preparing others around you um, and really making that commitment to be there for the child. It's really taking yourself out of the forefront and just really bringing yourself into the background and just say, what else can I do? What does this child need? What, what can I provide to make this um, just the most amazing journey for them? And that's what it's all about. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Clarissa. <laughs> it was such a pleasure. Yeah. I want to thank Clarissa once again for such great tips. And I truly didn't know as much about Montessori as I do now. And I'm sure you've helped many people today. So thank you. Thank you so much. And keep doing the great work that you're doing. You can find her on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn, all at Star Path Montessori. Again, that's Star Path Montessori. Please check her out. Thanks to you for joining us as always. And I can't wait to see you next Monday for another great enlightening episode. Please take care of yourself and each other. See you next week.